Welcome to the OKC Community Podcast. We are so glad you're here. To get the latest updates or to watch this week's message, visit our website at okccommunitychurch.com. Well, hi, everyone. It's so good to be with you today. We're so glad you're here. And man, I love that. I love this idea that um, I'm just thankful for having a life, right? No truer words ever said. Well, we all know that Thanksgiving is, uh, well, it's just around the corner. And so today is the perfect day to talk about giving thanks in all circumstances. And, you know, this, this Thursday is Thanksgiving, and it is the one day a year that this single itty-bitty day that we come together as a nation and we decide to give God thanks, right? Uh, and uh, we do that by stuffing our faces and falling asleep on the couch. And uh, it's one of those things. I'm sure God is very, I, I'm sure God looks forward to Thanksgiving every year. He's just, he can't wait. He can't wait to hear all the thanks that we're going to give him, right? Uh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't start with being sarcastic. Let's try again, right? Everyone say, give thanks. Man, it's good to be here. As we get into the subject of giving thanks in all circumstances, I I do want to remind us that we're in week number seven of our series called Rest for the Weary. And I believe, I just believe that rest is impossible without gratitude. I just believe it is without giving thanks. And and, and, and when we talk about rest, we've been talking about what Jesus said in Matthew 11. I just want to jump straight in. We're going to go to what he said in Matthew 11, verse 28. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Everyone say rest. Rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So we've been talking about what it means to have a rested soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's good news. This is such a great passage. We love this passage. Jesus is giving us something that, is the, that I would say is good news. And, but here's the thing. Well, let's not hurry, if you will, the subject matter of rest. And that's what we've been doing the last few weeks. We've been saying, let's slow down a little bit and let's talk about what Jesus is saying when he says, find rest for your souls. Because he gives us some instruction, doesn't he? He says, come to me, who all who are weary, take my yoke upon you. And so as we slow down, we don't hurry through this subject. Uh, because here's the thing, we have to slow down in order to catch up to God sometimes. We, gotta get, we have to slow down, and we have this tendency to hurry through. But we have thought, well, what if we slowed down into this? And it brought us to this passage in 1 Thessalonians. And that's where we're kind of setting up today, and here we go. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Another way to say God's will, by the way, is to say the yoke of Jesus. It's to say the ways of Jesus. So for the last few weeks, we've slowed down in this passage because if we're going to adopt the ways of Jesus, if you want to live under the yoke of Christ, if you will, it's going to be helpful to know what Jesus, if you will, spells out are the specific things of what that means. And here you, hear, here you have this verse that says God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So if you ever wonder, what is God's will for me? If you ever wonder, what does God want me to do? If you ever wonder what his big master plan for you in your life is, it is to rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. We all know that the, that the will of God and we know that the yoke of Jesus is bigger than that, but what if we just began right here? 
What if we slowed down and said, how are we doing with this? And so today we pause on this statement, give thanks in all circumstances. So let's be honest. How are y'all doing with that one? How are you doing with giving thanks in all circumstances? I wonder if there's any experts in here because I know for me, I'm still working my way up to this one. I know there's a lot of circumstances that come along in my life where I find myself complaining and grumbling a little more than thanking. Is anybody with me? And so by a show of hands, who in here would say, I probably grumble and complain a little bit more than I should? Anybody? Okay, yeah, about half of us. So half of us are grumblers, complainers, and the other half are liars. (laughs) God, oh man, Jesus help us. Room full of grumblers and liars. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but am I? I'm sure some of you really are good at giving thanks, but most of us are just better at giving complaints. Right? Amen? Damn, that was a good one. You're right about that one. Let's get into this. All right, here we go. Let's get into this to a deeper level. A deeper level, no kitty pool gratitude today. We're going to the deep end. Let's do this together. Y'all ready? Let's start with this statement. I'm going to put, on, put it on the screen. And it says this, gratitude is the gatekeeper. It starts and stops things. Now, before you even think you know what I'm talking about, let me try and explain this because I don't want to make sure, I mean, excuse me, I want to make sure I don't confuse you with the words of Jesus. You remember what Jesus said in John 10, he says, I am the gate. He says, my sheep come and go to my, into my pasture through me. So Jesus is the ultimate gate to our salvation. There's no way to, to eternal life with Jesus, no way to heaven except through Jesus. So let's keep it clear that Jesus is the gate. And when I say gratitude is the gatekeeper, what I mean is I want you to imagine a gate that allows some things in to your heart and soul and keeps some things out. And at that gate, gratitude works as the gatekeeper, meaning, well, Meaning, yeah, there's, there's a little booth, right? By the way, everybody say gratitude. gratitude. Now say, is the gatekeeper. Is the gate. So there's a little booth at the gate. It's work in the gate. Imagine a toll booth, right, at the gate. And gratitude is what allows some things in to your heart and soul, and it also keeps some things out, right? So I want you to imagine this gatekeeper not showing up to work one day not showing up to work one week, not showing up to work one month. What do you think is getting into your heart and what do you think is not getting in? Well, some things come and go in our heart and soul when there's no gatekeeper with no authority and no filter and it starts to control or not control how we see it, how we think about it, and even how we feel about it. Before you know it, things are competing for space in your heart and soul that shouldn't be in there because the gatekeeper didn't stop it from coming in. So things that don't belong in your heart and soul get in. What I'm saying is the gatekeeper has to show up to work or your life becomes a mess. Are you all with me? Is this making sense? Chaos, battle for control, mixed feelings, and a stressed out heart and soul will exist when the gatekeeper is missing. So gratitude is the gatekeeper. It starts and stops things. Gratitude helps us give perspective, meaning when a person does something to hurt you, right? Instead of 
anger, bitterness, or revenge entering into your heart when there's the gatekeeper that keeps gratitude in front of us. Gratitude allows forgiveness, mercy, and compassion to exist because we have a perspective to say, well, that person must have hurt me for a bigger reason. What's really going on with them? I have compassion for them. Maybe there's something that's wrong in their life, and we start to have an understanding that there is more going on than one circumstance. And so we have perspective that allows us to understand that our hurt isn't circumstantial, but our understanding is that our gratitude allows us to have perspective to keep us in a place of health because we see things in the big picture of what God is doing. So the natural question should be, can you give me a little bit more, Tim, about what gratitude starts in my life and what it stops? That's a great question. You guys are on it today. You're smart. What does the gatekeeper allow in and what does the gatekeeper keep out? Let's talk about it. The truth is, the list is long, but we're going to start with a few biggies. I'll put it on the screen. Check this out. So on your left are the things that allows in, and on your right are the things that it keeps out. Whenever gratitude every day is a part of your life, there's things that are allowed in, and there are things that are kept out of your heart and soul. Let's just start with some big ones, all right? For example... When, you're, when you have gratitude in your heart, it starts things like love and stops things like hatred. It starts things like joy and stops things like despair. Gratitude starts things like peace and stops things like worry. Gratitude starts things like patience and stops things like hurry. Sounds like a poem. Gratitude, right, starts things like kindness and stops things like selfishness, starts things like goodness and stops things like cynicism, starts things like faithfulness and stops things like doubt, starts things like gentleness and stops things like anger, starts things like self-control and stops things like sin control. Right? Now, I could keep giving you a whole bunch of things that the gatekeeper lets in and lets out and keeps out. It's a very long list because when we talk about the yoke of Jesus or the ways of Jesus, there's a whole bunch of things that it wants to do in us. But if we just start right here, this is the fruit of the Spirit, right? On the left. On the left is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what the Lord wants to put and deposit in us and flow out of us. And most of us can say day in and day out, though, we struggle with things on the right, right? We struggle with things like worry, doubt, anger, cynicism. And it probably seems impossible to live a life where these things aren't a part of your every day or at least a part of your every week. How is that even possible? Yet God has designed a life that these things are actually absent from and these things are very present in. So how does that happen? Well, let's just consider one of these things on this list, all right? Let's just talk about cynicism. Cynicism. Let's consider that, that, that God doesn't want to, that to be in our heart. You know, one of the things that happens when I don't give thanks is cynicism enters my heart. Cynicism has become rampant, by the way, in our society. Wonder why. People are on a 24-hour news cycle. We are fed constant, uh, constant doses of hopelessness and despair. The seeds of fear are sown into our children and into our future. And Christians all around the world, including many of us, we feel like, oh, man, we've lost hope for the world. It's just we've just chalked it up to the end times and there's no 
hope for the future. And so we become cynical, right? And so we look around at things like COVID and cynicism enters our heart for anybody that thinks differently than us. We look at society's moral decay and cynicism enters our heart and our, and our soul and we become angry and we become judgmental. See, we've been trained to pay attention to the darkness and ignore the light. So we look for all the bad and ignore all the good. There's, there's so much to be grateful for, but we aren't giving thanks to God for the things that he's doing. Instead, we're wallowing in the things that are bad. And we end up shrugging about the goodness of God and cynicism has entered our heart and soul instead of the goodness of God. So when we give thanks to God, though, it does something. One, it gives us perspective, but it stops the cycle of cynicism. And it starts a life of praise. When we give thanks, it's nearly impossible to become cynical. Do you understand that? And you're like, cynical? I mean, is, am I? I? Yes, like society is becoming more and more of this. So we can say it this way. The gatekeeper of gratitude allows the good things of God and the ways of Jesus to enter in, and it stops the schemes of the enemy at the gate. Are you with me? I was talking to um, Stephen and Christy about this, uh, and they were talking about how the worship team regularly, before we, they lead worship, they, they practice giving thanks. And I thought that was really good. And then, um, so I said, you know what, I think this would be cool for our church to hear. So we got out the iPhone and <laughs> made a little video. And you get to hear a little bit of Stephen sharing about how the worship team gives thanks and Christy about how she took that even concept in her own life and applied it to difficult circumstances. And so short video, but, but check this out. on Sundays, we take an opportunity as a worship team to give thanks to God for all that he's done in our lives. And for me, that all started about three years ago. I was going through just a horrible life situation, and I'd read a scripture about giving thanks. And so I, I set a chair in front of me and just imagined Satan sitting in that chair, and I began to just yell everything that I was thankful for. And as I did that, I began to feel joy and hope and receive life that I didn't feel like I had previously. And that was a pivotal moment for me. And so now, you know, just as the word says, to enter to his gates with thanksgiving, we do that as a worship team on Sunday mornings before we step on stage uh, to lead worship for you. So a little under a year ago when I received my breast cancer diagnosis and I began kind of going through a really hard time and, and slipping into some dark places in my mind, uh, I recalled this exercise that Stephen had led us through in really uh, learning how to give thanks and that that is a way to really stop the enemy in its tracks. And so um, I would just, I had a journal and I would get up every morning and sit with my coffee and write as many things as I could possibly think of that I was grateful for and that I'd seen the Lord do. It really was a good way to uh, allow my mind to shift off of the negative and the hard into uh, really being able to see all of the good things that he had done and shifted my perspective into a way that I could see him really moving in a powerful way.
I love this, the concept that giving thanks stops the enemy in its tracks. Right? Like, that when we enter his gates with thanksgiving, guess who doesn't enter? And we allow the enemy to enter into our heart, the things of the enemy, the discouragement, the worry, the anxiety, whatever it is. It enters our heart all the time because gratitude isn't showing up for work. And when you wake up every day and you start really getting serious about being a person who knows how to give thanks in all circumstances, guess what? Your life changes. And I've already told you that rest is impossible without gratitude. And so we're, we're not going to feel rested. We're going to feel anxious. We're going to be full of worry. We're going to be full of frustration, angst. We're going to be full of cynicism, whatever the thing is, until we start to get some things right in our life, things that are considered God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You think that Paul had a clue what he was talking about when he said, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do you think that it was just random? Do you think the Holy Spirit actually spoke to him and said, hey, I want things to begin right here? That people will be, live a life of praise and thanks and prayer. My circumstances, see, we, we struggle with this one, give thanks in all circumstances, because not all th circumstances are worthy of thanks. However, my circumstances don't drive my gratitude. My gratitude is driven by my convictions. And my conviction has to be a way of life. And what's the way of life? It's the ways of Jesus. It's the yoke of Jesus. That's what's going to determine my gratitude. These three movements of rejoicing, praying, giving thanks become an overflow of God in my life and the Holy Spirit having its way in me when I surrender to the totality of Jesus. Meaning, it's not a sometimes Jesus. It's not I love Jesus, but I don't really surrender to God on the daily type of Jesus. It's not when I have time or when it works, Jesus. It's a totality thing. It can't be in case of emergency, Jesus. It can't be when I'm around other Christians, then yeah, 100% Jesus. But when I'm not around Christians, you know, eh. secret Jesus. It's a surrender to the totality of Jesus, to the ways of Jesus, to the yoke of Jesus. He says, come to me. Take my yoke upon you and I will give you rest. Rest is impossible without giving thanks. It's impossible without giving gratitude. And gratitude is the gatekeeper. So how do we get better at giving thanks? Well, I want to give you one practical thing that you can do this week, the week of Thanksgiving you can do it any time, but this is an appropriate week to try what I'm about to show you. And it's for the purpose of practicing some gratitude in your life. Um, and similar to the gratitude journal that Christy mentioned in the video, I'm going to introduce you to something that's an actual thing. And it's called this. It's called the 18 Benedictions. Now, I've personally done this before. I was introduced to this in a book called uh, Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. And I've tried this before. It's a simple explanation. But dur during Jesus' day, this is an ancient practice. During Jesus' day, every devout Israelite would pray what's called the 18 benedictions. Everyone, uh, everyone that was, we can even say that Jesus more than likely did this, but they did the 18 benedictions. Everyone say benediction. benediction. Now the word benediction is two Latin words. Bena means good, 
and diction means word. So it was 18 good words. In the Hebrew, a benediction is any prayer that starts with the word bless. And so everyone say bless. bless. Everyone say your heart. Thank you. Bless your heart too. Um, so during Jesus' day, a devout Jewish person, there's a good chance, like I said, Jesus would have done this. They would get up in the morning and they would pray the 18 benedictions. Now, how it went is they would say, blessed are you, God, and then it would follow with the word of gratitude. And then they would pray another prayer, blessed are you, God, and it would follow with the word of gratitude. They'd do this 18 times in the morning. And then at midday, they'd stop and they'd do 18 benedictions. And then at night, they'd stop and they'd do 18 more benedictions. And if you're wondering, what's the significance of 18? Well, 18 is in the Jewish, in the Jewish uh, if you will, culture, even to this day, numbers are very important. So, for example, a lot of us know the number seven is an important number in, 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 from the scriptures. It's, it's, it means wholeness, completion. And the number 18, actually, uh, through, through some meaning from, and pulling from scripture, which we won't get into, it actually means the fullness of life. And so every day they would pray 18 times to remind them that in God they received the fullness of life, and they would do that by giving words of thanks. So the gatekeeper showed up to work three times a day with 18 good words of thanks. That's pretty significant, right? Could you imagine your life and what it would be like if in the morning, in the midday, and at night, you gave 18 words of thanks? For example, they would play, blessed are you, God, for God, you abundantly forgive me. Thank you. That would be a prayer. Blessed are you, God for answering our prayers and providing food through the harvest. That would be their prayer. So the practical encouragement that you can do this week is I want to encourage you to pray 18 benedictions, 18 good words of thanks. And again, I, I, think, I think it's worth mentioning that I've done this before and, and it's been really good. It's really resets your heart because believe it or not, 18 doesn't sound like a lot, but it's pretty rare that we say 18 things in one setting. The way I've done this is I would write them down and I would write down God or blessed are you God. And then I would add something that I was thankful for. So blessed are you God for my children. I don't know what I'd do without them. Thank you, Lord. It's that simple, right? Blessed are you God. I prayed this one recently. Blessed are you, blessed are you God for all that you did through Alpha, the people that were saved and the people that were healed. Thank you, Lord. Blessed are you God for your unending forgiveness. I don't know why you put up with me, but I thank you. Blessed are you, God, for allowing me to have opportunities to enjoy your world and your creation. Thank you, Lord. And of course, I prayed this sort of thing all the time, or I've prayed it before, and I pray for my, thank you, thank the Lord for my wife, or for my family, my parents, my, who, you know, I, I thank the Lord for this church, believe it or not, for you. I thank the Lord. I say, blessed are you, Lord. Thank you for this church. And it's not just the ways he's blessed us and the ways the people that he's put in my life for the provision, but I thank him for his character. Thank you for your compassion, Lord. Thank you for your power. Thank you. So for us and for you, I, I want to encourage you to do your own 18 benedictions. And if you're wondering if it's necessary to do it that way, like if it's necessary to um, to do as 18 benedictions. No, it's not necessary, but I tell you what is necessary is that we get better at giving thanks. That's necessary. 
But it also, this brings up like, well, is it important if I do it this way that I say, blessed are you, O God? I mean, I know that's not a natural way for us to talk in today's world, but I just want to even give you some meaning for that. So it's a really important word, words there. Whenever you say blessing over someone, when you say blessed are you, Lord, what you're actually praying over someone or saying over someone, you say blessed is you are, you are praying and hoping happiness over them and you are giving a word of gratitude and praise. So if you say this to the Lord, say, blessed oh you, are you, O Lord, what you're saying is, Lord, I wanna make you happy and I wanna give you words of thanks and praise. And so this is something that I would say has some significance and it's something that may change up your routine. So yeah, you don't have to say it, but I encourage you to, why not? You don't have to do 18, you can do eight, or you can do a double portion, you can do 36. It, I, do whatever you want, but Again, why not? At least 18. So the point is, be intentional this week about giving thanks. And perhaps this picture of 18 benedictions in the morning, in the midday, and night will inspire you to do this more regularly and routinely in your life. To give thanks every day, always, and in all circumstances. So to help you remember this, because I know you'll forget, most of us walk out of here and we, and then you say, hey, what did we talk about yesterday? And you can't, I get it. I want you to get your phone out. Go ahead, break protocol, get your phone out. And I want you to send yourself a reminder to do 18 benedictions. So that might be, maybe you are like, I need to send myself an email or I need to send myself a text message or I need to put it in my Evernote or I need to put it on my to-do list or I need to make a calendar invite to myself for an appointment on Tuesday morning to give thanks. I don't know what it is you need to do, however you operate to keep yourself organized in life. You know, here's the thing. Most of us put all important information in our phone. We put our appointments, we put all of our things that we need to remember to do. And, uh, and I would say this is one of those things. This isn't important enough to make a note to remind ourselves. So I'm, I'm encouraging you to make a note, whatever works for you, send it to yourself, put it on your list so you don't forget this week. You see, I find when I'm full of thanks, I'm full of rest. When I grumble and complain, do you guys relate with this? That's when I feel unrested, angst, anxiety, discontent. When I'm full of cynicism, I get angry, judgmental, weary. But when I stop and give thanks, that's when I stop and get perspective. So just so you know, God doesn't demand us to give thanks because he needs appreciation or that he needs, he needs affirmed. God doesn't need that. God teaches us to give thanks in order to keep our head out of the mud and focused on his miracles. Giving thanks to God is for our benefit. What does bene mean? Good. It's for our good. Psalm 102 says this, praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sin? Is that worthy of thanks? Let me ask that again forgives all your sins. Is that worthy of thanks? Yes. And heals all your diseases. Is that worthy of thanks? Yes. And redeems your life from the pit. Is that worthy of thanks? Yes. And he crowns you with love and compassion. How about that? Yes. And who satisfies your desires with bena, good things. Amen. Yes. 
We have a lot to be thankful for, way more than 18 things. But I bet it's been a while since most of us have sat down <laughs> and told the Lord 18 things we're thankful for. So I want to encourage you to do that this week. Who knows what God will start doing in your heart and soul. Let's pray together. Would you bow your heads? Lord, we want to give thanks today. You are so good. We love you. We praise you. And as we worship, Father, we just want to, we just want to say you're a good Father. We love you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If there's anything we can pray with you about, or if you have questions about God, we'd love to talk with you. Please visit our contact page at okccommunitychurch.com.